the volume. We're back with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code MONICO. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code MONICO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right, welcome into another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Alex Monaco, absolutely checked up to be with you. Week four comes to an end tonight. Monday night football in the city I live in. Giants hosting the Seahawks. We're going to get to that, the line, the breakdown in a second. Couple of things. All right, your boy went four and two on best bets. We'll take that all day. Big progress from back-to-back three and three weeks. So we're we're trending in the right direction. Got to say, though, gambling community, for those betting, for those wanting to hop in, I took the Bengals over the Titans. One of my two bets I got wrong yesterday on the podcast. I threw up a tweet saying that the Titans were hot garbage. Please go to Alex Monaco, read the comment section, for not just an LOL, but a little bit of education of what happens in betting when you either talk too soon, come out of fan base, or just simply wrong. And, you know, Colin talks about it all the time. You can be right. Nobody really cares. They want to jump on you when you're wrong. Just go scour the comment section, have yourself a read. But as we get into Monday Night Football, just a beautiful board. I saw it gorgeously. We cashed on the Ravens twice. Now, Deshaun going out helped, but we still had a money line. So we got him plus money on the show before the announcement. They just sun up the sundown, cooked the Browns. AFC North hierarchy game. We knew that all day. Same with the AFC East as we took the Bills. Dolphins fans want to come for me. I'm going to soften on Miami. No Mario Kart victory lap necessary. Look, we did what we had to do. AFC East belongs to the Bills. I'm sorry. I love the Dolphins. I said it to a T on the show. Everyone ripping me said my analysis was was just spot on off. Spot off. Spot on off. All good. And then Jags, morning. Shout out Toy Story. Did some fun clips doing well on our social as well on Moneyline Monaco. And just a great time all the way across the board. So we cash on the bills. 
We cash on the Jags. We cash on the Ravens and the Ravens-Browns under. We lose on Bengals. We lose on Steelers. Just a fascinating week. We'll debrief it on the way out on AMP. But let's get into tonight. The lines move. And the line is moving within the last hours. One, one and a half when I woke up. The Giants are plus two and a half right now on DraftKings. Our volume local book over under 47. Giants plus 114. Minus 135, this Seahawks team is coming in. And let's just talk the storyline before we lay out the silverware to set the table for you. Because tonight's going to be gross. And I will say, I was at MetLife last night. One of the 9% that took the Jets plus 7.5. First time at MetLife, you see it behind me. Oh, we're there. We're in the parking lot. We didn't leave. We pitched a tent. We're going right back again. Giants, Seahawks, Monday night. But there was something In the air last night, the Jets almost stole that game. Patty Mahomes with the sickest Madden X button slide you'll ever bad beat see. I had the Jets. Look, he did the correct football play, but everybody is seething in the gambling community. And that is our second McVay example, although that one was justified. You slide, you end the game. You score, you prolong the game. All that to say, last night's energy in the arena, special. Last night's energy in MetLife for prime time. And I went with a season ticket holder. Shout out my producer, Ben. I got to be honest. This is a moment for the Giants to win some fans back. Because as we look at the storyline, the storyline is the Giants can't stop anybody. The Giants have been dismantled in first half output. We know about it. I don't even need to tell you the number. I think they have six points in the first half through three weeks. All that to say, you went against two juggernauts. Two juggernauts. The top two teams in what should be your NFC power rankings. This is no disrespect to Philly coming third. They're just, they're getting by these games. They're not dismantling opponents. Did look good against the Bucs. It's the Niners. Then it's the Cowboys. Then it's the Eagles. And the Giants had to go against two of the three of them. As we get into the storyline tonight, Daniel Jones versus great defense, fade him at all costs. I call him Woody from Toy Story. Works prevalent from yesterday's Toy Story show. I loved it, by the way. Shout out, Disney. And Daniel Jones versus the Cowboys and the Niners numbers reflect that he can't go against great defenses. And we have to say this, Andrew Thomas, the left guard, and Saquon were out on a short week last week, and they stayed in their McLovin sleeping bags, all right? They had a super bad Jonah Hill sleepover in the basement. They stayed out west. You know how hard that is to come back? And we said this. It's why we took the Niners minus 10 and a half last week. And all that to say, I've cashed three of my first Four after losing the first week against the spread primetime Thursday night games. I'm three and one against the spread on volume sports, all documented. Go back and look. We're going for five straight primetime against the spread covers this evening. Five straight clean Monday night footballs clock last week. Cast the previous Sunday night, cast the Lions Thursday night, and we took the Jets plus seven and a half. So these primetime games are one offs, they're different, but you look at what Daniel Jones has done against mediocre competition, which is only one Costco sample size, Arizona. And he had the best numbers in one half of football in historic fashion. 
That was the biggest comeback for the Giants. And that's why we faded them last week. Just only to come all the way back around and back them tonight. I love the New York Giants. Now we're getting two and a half. I'm begging you, take this with me. Let's get into it. It starts with Daniel Jones going against probably a bottom three defense. Now they have had some injuries. But they have some injuries tonight as well. We're potentially staring at two Seahawks corners out this evening. One of the reasons to feel good about Daniel Jones. Trey Brown out. Artie Burns out. Kobe Bryant doubtful. Charles Cross. We'll talk about the Seattle offensive line in a little. Banged up as well. Huge tackle for them. Key piece. Will not more than likely protecting Gino, be protecting Geno tonight. But this Seahawks defense... Say this out loud, has given up a 300 plus passing yards to start the campaign to Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton, Matthew Stafford, and a Detroit Lions Jared Goff team. Now, one of those is solid. I got to be honest. When they faced the Rams, no one knew that this Rams team, which I believe was an over under a six and a half wins, was going to be anything. And the Rams sun up to closing last call at the bar. Sportsta. This Seattle D has given up 27 to Carolina. And Andy Dalton, 31 to the Lions, had to go to overtime to beat them. And 30 to the Rams with all three going quarterbacks. Dalton, Goff, Stafford over 300 yards. This is an abysmal, unwatchable defense. You are making Geno Smith work so hard. And tonight, he goes against a must-win Giants team with extra prep, extra rest, home field, primetime dog. I love it. This Seattle defense, you have to factor this in as the number one reason to back the Giants tonight. They will get such a break. It's like... Back to high school football, you're going against the ones on defense, then you go against the twos, or you're going against JV in a mixed scrimmage. I mean, that is the drop-off between Dallas and San Francisco's defense and this Seattle baby baby back defense that is barely serviceable for digital football in Madden. I, I mean, I'm looking at it. They're the worst team when it comes to giving up pass yards. They are now no longer next to the Chargers, second worst. They're the worst in the league. They're atrocious, atrocious. Second most yards they give up in the NFL. Most pass yards. Bottom six, giving up just under 30 points per game. They did not go against the cream of the crop in the NFC. They win against mediocre competition. The winless Vikings, who gave up a pick six to start the game against the Panthers, beat the Panthers, and it was a struggle for the Seattle team. Let's look at a second reason to back the New York Giants tonight. This Giants pass rush has an ability to get to the quarterback. I've been picking games off of the line of scrimmage, particularly in primetime the last few games. It's been working out well for me. We're looking at this right now. Got to Purdy twice. I don't hate it for a serviceable offensive line with Trent Williams. Didn't get to Dobbs at all, but Dobbs is shifty. I mean, you look at Joshua Dobbs' numbers. He's a little elusive in the pocket. He's got some wheels, 
But then you take a look with a banged up offense of line for Seattle. And really, let's just not act like this Giants D doesn't have some players. I mean, we got Leonard Williams. We got Dexter Lawrence on the front line. We got Kayvon Thibodeau on the outside as a pass rush. Still got a Dory Jackson, Xavier McKinney. I love the rookie Deontay Banks in the secondary. This defense isn't as bad. And let's not forget, we got Wink Martindale on our team, a legendary defensive coordinator on our side tonight, scheming up against a Seattle offense as I talk out this side of the trenches. Offensive line, as I mentioned, out the top in Seattle, susceptible to some pass rush on Geno. At the moment, Geno Smith, according to PFF, has hit the third highest pressure rate among all starting quarterbacks to start the campaign. Seattle, fourth lowest average in intended air yards. He just has not had the time. And you look at the pass yard numbers and you compare it to last year, Smith was ninth in total attended air yards. Now, these are some advanced analytics, next-gen next gen stats, but just to put it in English for you, Geno Smith has not had the luxury of in the pocket feeling himself. They wrote, he didn't write back moments, and we're, we're looking at it. This is two abysmal defenses going against each other tonight. But you get a much different offense of packages up front with this line than you do comparatively. I mean, Dallas is a top five offensive line and the Niners are a top 10. This is not a good offensive line in Seattle. Now they do have good run scheme, but I got to say, I do not feel good about backing Geno Smith tonight on the road. Do I dare bring out the road home splits in the Seattle team? But you have to look at another element, the game within the game against the spread and the Giants, who were the number one cover last year. They covered 14 games, including that number, what they hung against the Vikings in the playoffs. They were the number one cover. They were the number one underdog cover. They were the number one road cover. They are 0-3 against the spread, which I love. So road home splits, favors the Giants. I know there's a stat out there. Daniel Jones in primetime is horrendous, but let's talk about Daniel Jones for a second. Third reason to feel a little more confident. Again, this is a gross play. I don't feel great about it, but we're getting Giants plus two and a half home dog primetime. I'm starting to feel better and better about it. A great cover last year. And Daniel Jones is simply not protecting the football. And tonight he will. This is a Daniel Jones stat line. He had five picks last year. Five. Seven picks the year before. He's already at four. He's not protecting the football tonight. Now, Saquon's not completely ruled out. I'm not entirely concerned like I was last week. Saquon out is huge. Don't get me wrong. But Seattle's got a top seven run D. They have a bottom five pasty. This game's about Daniel Jones slinging the rock, and this game's about Daniel Jones opening up. They have to open up the Dable bag of tricks, and they have to get him making high percentage passes. And to his credit, 68% completion percentage against the Niners is really not that bad. 
only sacked two times as well against a Joe, a Nick Bosa led dominating front four. And call what you will, Daniel Jones is spreading the ball around. He's spreading the love pretty well. He had seven guys catch a ball in that comeback win against the Cardinals. So I'm looking at this, this setting. Seattle's D is atrocious. They're a little bit banged up on their offensive line. I know the Giants are too. They're off a game and, and a couple of games where they've gotten into shootouts. And I'm looking at these shootouts and I'm saying to myself, one of them is going to go from a New York perspective their way. If they go a shootout, I do like the over. Best bet still plus two and a half. But if the Giants can protect the football tonight, if the Giants can just do a little bit of the fundamentals, run the ball just to pass the ball, do not turn the ball over. And and here's the positive thing about all of this is if Seattle can, and there's a huge discrepancy here, Seattle's plus two, Giants are minus five. If they can get a timely turnover, you saw it last night with Mahomes, he made a couple of mistakes. It can happen. But the keys to the game is run the ball to at least keep this team at bay. Spread the rock around. Giants do three weeks. Got this right here. Waller's got 20 targets. Slayton's got 17. Paris Campbell's got 16. Then it's Saquon Hard- Hodgins and Hyatt. So I don't really love any Daniel Jones props tonight except for uh, uh, excuse me, weapons props tonight, except for I got a weird fear feeling Darius Slayton is going to cook as we get into some of these props. I like Darius Slayton has gotten the most, the most consistent targets for the, for the first three weeks. He trusts him. Slayton's pretty good at getting out, getting out and getting open. He's got a little ability to get yak. He's sitting at 40 and a half tonight. I like that number. Daniel Jones over 228 and a half passing yards has to be in your SGPs tonight. I'm making one. I'm putting it in, putting them in. If Andy Dalton can go for over 300, Daniel Jones can go over 230 against this club. Another guy to look at tonight on the prop shop, Tyler Lockett, criminally low numbers to kick off the campaign. 34 yards, 10 yards, 59 yards. Hasn't had a breakout game. Did have a two-tutty game. But look for Tyler Lockett, Giants sitting at 30th in EPA per drop back. Don't really get to the quarterback great. There's going to be a lot of emphasis on DK Metcalf on that defensive secondary for the Giants to shut him down. Look for the speedy receiver, not to mention Jackson Smith, the Jigba can open it up for a guy like Tyler Lockett. You got two guys that can stretch the field. One catch. He's sitting at 51 and a half receiving yards tonight. I mean, he went against the Giants last year, five for 63 and a touchdown. You have to feel good about that. Coming into this game, where it's a good timing purchase. I've been pretty good on some of these props. Cashed a couple of them over the weekend, uh, particularly in that Patriots-Cowboys game. You just you just got to look at a little bit of repetition, look a little bit of timing. Look a li- Sometimes it's process of elimination. Sometimes it's just a great matchup. Tonight, we kind of have both. We have a low locket ceiling right now through the first three weeks, so he's got some high upside due, and, and we have just a really mediocre Giants pasty opportunity if they do not get to the quarterback for Geno to shred him. No, it sounds a little counterintuitive because I have the Giants tonight, but Lockett, you know, 
10 targets, but only two catches week one. He's getting the targets and eight of 10 passes week two against Detroit. This has a little bit of a Detroit Seattle theme to it this game tonight. Now we could be wrong. Primetime unders have cash, but I do like Tyler Lockett over 51 and a half tonight. I like Slayton and I like Daniel Jones. Last but not least, Kenneth Walker is subtly, not so subtly, a touchdown machine. He's got four touchdowns in three games, two touchdowns in two games each. Getting about 4.3 yards per carry, a little over 200 yards. I don't love him on the ground to go ballistic. I love him to get in the end zone. I think Kenneth Walker, minus 110, coin flip. They're going to get inside the 10. They're going to ground and pound. This is a man that runs downhill, north to south, bully ball runner in the trenches. I like our chances tonight. So I'm on the Giants plus two and a half right now. Might go back down to two. I do like the Giants to win this game. Again, we're on our way out here. Comes down to Daniel Jones making solid decisions. Don't turn the ball over. Spread the love around. Let the the crowd, ironically, little 12th man, get a little Seattle, if you will, up in MetLife. Let the crowd energize the defense. Let the crowd get into the game. Daniel Jones just needs to not turn the ball over. If Saquon ends up playing tonight, it's a huge bonus. But I love two and a half. Primetime spot. Tickets are on the Seahawks, so it seems. Appreciate you. Four and two over the weekend. We're out of here. Don't forget to hug your mums. All right, let's talk a little overall here. Last 10 minutes of the show. Of what happened in the NFL this weekend. And, and just insanity on so many levels. We pull up the stats. We pull up the box scores. I always try to teach a little bit of what I learn, what I lose. When I lose, I learn. When I win, you, know, you don't learn as much. A um, couple of things to point out. I'm just got the whole board up. If you were watching that Jacksonville Falcons game, the game was over in the first half. Game looked over in the first quarter. Just Jacksonville, it's so tough to cap an international game, but Jacksonville had been there nine years in a row. Ritter on the road was horrible statistically coming into that moment. And we capped it really well, but sometimes these games show themselves. There's a tell, it's a little bit of a poker tell early on. Just looked like Jacksonville's going to dominate. And and the live betting, no one ever caught up to it. You could have even gotten the Falcons at plus 12 and a half. They lose by 16. Just a 60-minute dominating performance. Um, another game I saw early, and we were on it, the Ravens. Look, already huge struggle in Cleveland on the offensive side. Two huge barriers, and I just don't think the books caught up to it. And sometimes I'm almost perplexed with the books. You know, the line moved three points. It was it was all week Ravens around plus two and a half, plus three. And then it moved the Ravens minus one and a half. You know, I know Deshaun Watson probably in the grand scheme of things is worth around three, four points. Uh, but I mean, they won a game the week before with 79 rush yards. And, you know, some of these Browns games against Tennessee, against this lowly Bengals offense that doesn't have an identity. You know, the Ravens have an identity. They know they run to run some more. Kind of a team that outside of, even with Lamar out, Huntley looked good. They won games down the stretch last year. This is just, again, a game I said the quarterback, the coach, the scheme was going to win this game. 
And Stefanski is far and away the worst coach in the division. That's the only dude, and you saw it right there. He loses his guy. And I'm not saying DTR isn't a serviceable backup. I'm saying it was a, a last-minute panic benching, and the line just didn't move enough, and the Ravens win 28-3. So you're watching that game. If you were first half, I mean, Cleveland couldn't do Jack Diddley. Jack Diddley. So something to think about there. Um, live betting. Always want to speak on live betting. Um, shout out my guy, Paul. Producer on the ones and twos. Uh, Vikings are on the board. And the Vikings, who looked very good in that first quarter on offense, they looked like they had a plan. They looked like they had purpose. And they played with urgency. That's part of the reason why I like the Giants tonight. They're going to play with more urgency than Seattle. They have to win. Minnesota was playing for their season. And Minnesota is not Carolina. Minnesota is not in a rebuild. Minnesota is a playoff divisional winner from last year that got embarrassed by the Giants and just have had a little bit of bad breaks. But I said it. I didn't hate them on a value play to make a playoff run in the lackluster NFC that can't be trusted. But all that to say, they're minus four and a half pregame line. They go down seven, nothing, and you're getting them at minus 113 in a money line pick them. Sometimes this happens. It happened with Jared Goff Thursday night, too. He threw a pick, but then you saw the Packers do nothing with that next moment. Well, Vikings give up a pick six. They don't really panic. Yeah, a little bit of back and forth that first half, but ultimately, that was a, a Panthers team that was just going against a mountain of momentum where the Vikings just had to win that game. And you look at the numbers and the, the Panthers had six points the rest of that game after a pick six. So that's just a great spot where you're getting a team that should win. A lot of people laid the four and a half. They end up covering, but that's kind of a gift. Another gift on the live betting board were the Eagles. Now, the Commanders was a sharp-ass play. Let me tell you, Commanders plus eight, plus eight and a half. Divisional game, embarrassed a week before against Buffalo, embarrassed in almost a comeback against Denver in mile high. You know, Sam Howell, nine sacks, four picks. They were going to bounce back. But again, Philly got to a pick early doubt. And my goodness, what a gift Philly even money pick'em was yesterday. Um, on an L side of things, I had the Bengals. My Twitter's getting dismantled right now. I won't even be logging into Twitter the rest of the day. I just cannot read Titans fans who are going to win seven games talking ish to me. But the Titans, this is why you got to watch the game film sometimes. The Titans got blown out of against Cleveland last week, but the score didn't really dictate the blowout. And I really talked a lot of ish on how bad this Tennessee team is. When you have a great coach, and Vrabel is a great coach, you still have to tread lightly. I, I just made a terrible decision there. And I thought I, I thought the Bengals got momentum. I know short turnaround Monday primetime game on the road, but the Rams, who were really sneakily a sharp, sharp pick yesterday as well, in a pick'em game at Indy who dominating, they, they had the first 15, 23 points, something like that in the first quarter. Could have gotten the Colts at 15 and a half live, by the way. That game went to overtime. But just sometimes box scores, stats, and I, I do this sometimes too often to my fault. I look at the numbers 
I look at the lines. I look at the stats. I don't watch always every single play of every single game. Tennessee, it was a sharp play to take them two and a half. I own that L. Um, and I could not have been more wrong about Pittsburgh. And just like I said on the positive side of noticing Jacksonville was dominating both sides of the line of scrimmage, first quarter, first half, every sense of the word, the Ravens dominating at least one side of football. And eventually you got one starter versus one backup and backup running back versus you just, you see things early. The Steelers looked so flat. This is a team I just do not have a pulse on. The Bengals and the Steelers, I've gotten wrong more than correct. And that's the other fickle thing as I I round out the show here, talking out the betting thing. We're so emotional when we go to the Vegas Sportsbook. When you are picking stocks, if if you're a stock person, you're not that emotional. You'll buy the dip. You'll read the reports. You'll take some tips from professionals. It's not as emotional. It's a little more analytical. You go to the sports book and, you know, hypothetically, let's say you back the Titans against the Browns. Some people did. Some people took the Titans plus four and a half. You're in shambles. You're so angry at Tennessee the week before. You're going to want to angrily fade them knowing tough spot Titans on the road against uh, a top five offensive line, a top five defensive line, kind of a team that mirrors them. You know, a Bengals team that doesn't mirror them on the road with a banged up quarterback with really randomly not much of an identity. It was a great get right spot. But I say that to bring it back to just notice your behavior. It takes a sharp professional mindset. I listen to the favorites. Love them. Shout out Simon and Chad. Simon talks about it a lot. You win on Sunday, you lose on Sunday. Try to keep the same level head. This is not about getting rich on NFL week four with a Willy Wonka ticket and retiring. This is about you have your bankroll, you have your units, you try to manage your units as you manage your emotions, but just be weary of how you go to the sports book if you are fading a team you got wrong the week before because sometimes you hate bet. It's a real thing. And you get caught up. And I absolutely, now I didn't have the Titans plus four and a half against the Browns a week prior, but I did have the Bengals at home against the Rams. And I thought that that was a, a really emotional sort of looking back on it purchase. Same thing with the Texans and the Steelers. I got emotional about it. Mike Tomlin is not going to let a rookie quarterback throw all over him. Mike Tomlin is not going to let the lowly Houston Texans, who I think had won one home game in their last 10, dominate him 30 to six. I mean, dude, Matt Canada, I go away. I mean, they have no identity on offense. They have subtly some sneaky athletic pieces on Pittsburgh on the offensive side, and you're just not seeing them. So sometimes these games, and last but not least, I get out of here on this. Anytime the Chargers, and I threw this up on Action Network, are laying double digits in the middle of a game, back the underdog, I don't even care who it is. Death taxes and the Chargers can't close. 
The Chargers are the epitome of the friend zone. The Chargers could have buried Aiden O'Connell. They were plus 18 and a half at intermission. And they almost gave the game away again. Raiders plus 17 and a half plus 18 and a half time. Raiders plus 11 and a half. Most of that game live. They lose by seven. They lose by the hook. Original six and a half point closing line. Sometimes too on our way out. The line comes all the way back. Not always happens in NBA a lot more. A lot of volatility. But sometimes the line comes all the way back. Now, I kind of lie bet the Patriots thought maybe, you know, not often. That's the biggest L in Bill Belichick's career. Sometimes you're betting to hope the line comes back. Just a lot of live betting lessons. Um, Last thought, I'm just kind of going around the the globe here, seeing if anything else sticks out betting to to just kind of teach here. Um, Last thought would be that Broncos-Bears game. Uh, Broncos were down three scores. Uh, Who are the Bears to route anybody? Um, Lie bet the Broncos fighting for their lives, fighting for their livelihood. Um, You know, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., we're, we're at that point in Chicago. I think every Bears fan would take a loss the rest of the year to get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. It is a rare. They hold both first two picks at the moment. But all that to say, Broncos live bet there, pretty appetizing. In fact, you could have middled that game. You could have gotten the Bears plus five and a half down, and you could have gotten the Broncos all the way up to double digits live. So just a plethora of live betting lessons. Hopefully you got a little something out of that. Um, I ended up above sea level at the end of the day, nine and six across all bets, really 10 and six forgot to ink the jets on, on action network. But yeah, a lot, a lot of interesting spots here. Live betting. Again, I, I spend time talking about it. It's over 60% of the action. So uh, just betting community recovering from the jets chiefs recovering from a couple of really gross outcomes, um, but underdogs. Again, I mean, Titans, underdog, went out right. Texans, underdog, went out right. Bucks, underdog, went out right. Um, you know, a lot of interesting moments where you could have capitalized. Um, but yeah, Giants tonight, plus two and a half. Appreciate you. We're out of here. Don't forget to hug your mothers. Monday Night Football. Let's go. The volume.